our last monthly reader mail. Let's try this again. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square and the PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett, back and alongside me, Mr. Sawbridges, bringing you December reader mail with a hint of deja vu for us. Yeah, unfortunately, we went to record this yesterday, um, and because of the new studio, we hadn't yet moved our computer that we used to record off of here, so we were using my laptop on the desktop, or on the desk here, and uh, it blue screened on us, so gonna go ahead and put a, a little bit of a you know disclaimer out there we've answered like 90 percent of these questions already <laughs> there's that and so then it, secondarily we were deleting them as we were going along to make it easier to keep up with and there's a chance that we deleted one we think we have them all back we're, i'm 99.9 I'm percent sure we have them all but back. if you ask us a question and we don't answer it this time you're gonna have to excuse us um technical difficulties te- technical difficulties and having to re-record literally right be- the night before it's supposed to go up uh but that's okay At it least, keeps hey, it fun yeah. keeps us on our toes speaking of which I, i'm sure you remembered but in case y'all don't and you're like, why is this remote late? It's 5 p.m. Central now, even including this one. So sure. 3 p.m. PST, 5 p.m. Central. So you may be like, oh, it's three hours late. Actually, no, it's just right on time. Or technically five hours late. But okay. yeah, I mean, what time zone you're in? No, it's still the same amount of time regardless of time zone. Anyways, we are Triangle Square at a PlayStation podcast. <laughs> we normally come to you guys 10 a.m. PST and noon Central time. This episode's a little different. This is where we take all of our week not weekly, monthly reader mail questions and compile them together. The ones we did not answer on the show and we go ahead and answer them all here for you. Um, completely new format coming up soon where it's bi-weekly. So you guys don't forget the YouTube comments to ask us questions and check our Twitter every Monday, Wednesday and Friday for a tweet that you guys can ask us questions. You could actually go find that tweet at any given time in the week. If it's up and you see it there, you can ask us a question. It just gets retweeted so more people can see it. So, yep. Um, so like he said, you can actually normally find us in video format on YouTube. If this is your first time joining us, it's an odd episode for you to jump in, but we welcome you. Uh, yeah, you can find us on YouTube. If you like what we're doing over there, subscribe, hit the bell notification, let you know when these videos go live. Uh, of course, we like to hear your thoughts in the comments below about every episode we do. If you want to give us your answers to some of the questions we have in here, we'd love to hear them. Uh, if you want to listen to us only, uh, we also go in podcast services and audio only format that can be Google play music, iTunes. If you listen on iTunes, consider giving us a review helps get our numbers up there, helps people find us. And of course it helps us know what you do and don't like about the show so that we can keep that in mind as we continue to change it. You can listen to us on Apple, Android, doesn't matter what device you have. Find Most us, podcast listen services, to us. we're there. <laughs> yeah, you can find us on social media at Triangle SQRD, where these questions could be answered. That's on Twitter. Our Facebook group is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. If you ask to be, uh, what is it? If you ask to join, we will allow you in. Saul doesn't have a Facebook. So don't so ask me what that means. He, like, he misses all the dank memes that Josh puts in there. You mean the, the weak old memes from Reddit? Maybe. maybe not from Josh specifically talking about Facebook in particular. Maybe, maybe not. You never know. That's a that's a that's a trash yard for memes. <laughs> you can find us day to day, minute to minute on Discord. We have the link down in the description below if you'd like to get in and join the little Discord family where we do fun stuff. Like most recently for Christmas, we did do Secret Santa, and I think we will keep that moving forward. As many people who want to participate, it's completely optional in there. Uh, but I think I want to do something similar for like a Valentine's Day or something of that ilk. I think it'd be a fun way to have some community involvement and fun and help people get to know each other. It's fun to uh, kind of ask people what they like and then surprise them.
them with something. Uh, I got a nice little Alphonse Elric. Uh, it, it's like a plush. And I, from what I'm looking at, it's supposed to be his hair ribbon, but it's a string. So it almost looks like it's also, if you wanted it to, or maybe intended to be an ornament. Oh, yeah. So huh. I, I, sh- cool... you know, I should pull it on set one day. I did try and keep set mostly on point besides our little uh, narwhal, which you can see right there. Uh, that is for Nartech. That was one of my Christmas presents from my wife, uh, which is technically spoiling part of a question that's coming up. But with that said, I got I got I got Japanese candies. I know. And I, from what I was told, you were supposed to share. I wasn't supposed to. It was you left so up to inclined. me. I did not. There was hazelnut cats in there. So was there, was there a note that says share if you want? Yeah, it was like uh, Sarah said for, there was like a little kit for Kyrie, uh, but actually Annie ended up using it. Or it was like intended, like you can give this to Kyrie if she thinks she's old enough. She's not old enough because we're not old enough to use that kit. Um, I don't know how you use it. So like all the things were, all the instructions were in Japanese. She also gave me a cool little mimic chess. Uh, from Dark Souls, so that she she painted herself. Um, so that was pretty cool. Sweet. It's on my uh, dark sho- dark shoals. No, dark souls <laughs> shelf. Dark Doctor Shoals and <laughs> Danker Shoals. Well, I was about the shoe the shoe padding. Yeah, Doctor. They get Scholes. together and make yeah dark shoals. Yeah, the whole time you run There's through and fight feet that have like terrible problems, gout, Plantar, all these different things, fasciitis. You you fight athletes' foot and feet fatigue. Uh, These are all the bosses in this wonderful game. Without further ado, we are going to move into this a second time, and hopefully we'll have no problems this time. But we've also done some stuff on our our end where if it does blue screen for some reason, we should be able to recover it. We weren't able to do that with the last one. With that said, Saul, go ahead and choose our first question, and you know who it goes to. It sure does. It goes to Richard Rivera. We teased it on an episode a couple episodes back by accident, so sorry for Richard. But like I said in the Discord, you are the first one up. He says, do you ever multitask while playing games? For example, watching TV or listening to podcast he sees it as slightly disrespectful to the creators of either thing as you aren't giving them your full attention uh disclaimer that was one of the ones that i just knew was missing i paraphrased and retyped that so that was not richard's word for word if you see or hear that richard and you're like that's not exactly what i asked i could have just went and copy and pasted it I, I, I didn't know where it was, and I didn't know if you'd remember, so while I was at it, I, I went ahead and put it back in. But the gist of it is the same. It doesn't matter. I, I do know this paraphrase is at least getting to the heart of what he was asking. Yes, and no, I do not uh, agree. I do it. I, like So many kind of games lend themselves to separate audio, and so many kind don't. But I mean, do, but no, they don't. Like near, I played with a headset on. The Witcher 3, I played with a headset on. Divinity 2 with a headset on. But games like Destiny, Hiccups, Enter the Gungeon. Um, what game is Hiccups? The ones I have right now. Uh, but yeah, so like those kind of games, I throw on a podcast or I throw on YouTube. Don't really listen to music anymore while playing games. But stay hydrated. Especially boys. Dark Souls. Like Dark Souls is another good one. That was a little Easter egg for Hakuto. Yeah, I left a lot in there that one episode. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, I I am actually with Saul. Uh, I'll say that there are certain types of games you just don't. Uh, and, I, and I said this yesterday to an extent, as much as I love game soundtracks, I do sometimes do a blasphemous act. Uh, typically on handheld, when I'm playing anything on Vita, it's just the way I've always been, even on PSP, unless it was a very story-heavy game, uh, I typically played with the volume all the way down. That's because I'm normally playing in a place that's around a lot of other people, and I'm not trying to have them hear what I have going on and respecting their space uh, and respecting what they're hearing and, and if, if my wife is watching TV or something. Uh, so I think in that in that sense, I would say that I end up playing them and don't worry because a lot of the games I play on Vita, 
that are not story heavy and if they are they're text-based story heavy so i can read and move through them at my own pace i know that does mean i likely get through a lot of great soundtracks that i'm ended up missing because of it uh, it's unfortunate but it's kind of part of it i'm playing iconoclast right now and actually we talked about this yesterday but uh, when i went to finally pick it up and play it last time i was on my vita about three and a half weeks ago uh I had the volume up for some reason. I don't know what exactly what it was. Uh, but when I started playing Iconoclast, I never messed with it. So I've had it about a third of the volume, and I've been hearing it the whole time. So there is that. But I have been playing Iconoclast while watching... Uh, I watched... Uh, let's see, I didn't do it with Bird Box because I was wanting to pay attention. Uh, but like Making a Murder, I'm watching the second season of, finally. Uh, I've been playing it on that. I've uh, been watching Amazing World of Gumball, which is something that's just a reverent comedy. So I think that that's one of those things that I can easily do it and have fun watching it and hearing the jokes and sometimes taking my attention off of one to fully pay attention when Gumball does try and make visual jokes. Uh, and then I can also go and put my attention back and I'll pause one if necessary. So like in the game, I'll pause it if I need to, to keep from missing something in case or you know, I'll put it in sleep mode. If for some reason, a text thing is going on that uh, I can't stop. It's not one. Cause most of Iconoclast specifically lets you choose when the text scrolls through, but a couple of pot, spots move on their own. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I think in that sense, me and Saul talked about it. My go-to thing is to play Vita the last hour of the night, and I was doing that a lot, and I'm starting to do it again. Uh, play the last hour of the night with How I Met Your Mother on in the background. I know that show so well that I can essentially play the game and keep my attention on the game for the most part, uh, and just kind of... I've watched the show so many times that just hearing it is enough for me to picture what's going on, and I just kind of have that memory. So it works out, and I enjoy doing that. It's kind of relaxing, but sometimes when I know there's a visual gag or something coming up, I'll... I'll, I'll yeah. stop paying attention to the game uh, and I'll look up and do that. So I definitely me. agree. Same for me with like the office and playing Stardew Valley on the switch and stuff. I've seen it a million times and like, I only look up when I know something's uh, about to be funny happen. Brett, why don't you ask the next, next, next one? Nessus, Nessus, um, destiny, you got destiny two on the mind. Uh, let's see. I'm going to roll that right down the list just for the sake of it. Uh, sure. Mikey 12 asks favorite gaming magazine growing up. Mine would have to be PSM, which is the PlayStation magazine. For those of you who don't know, unofficial uh, is the unofficial PlayStation magazine. Look forward, looked forward to the included memory card, lid stickers and custom cover art. I was 13 with a brand new PS one. So it was the perfect magazine at the perfect time. Um, I think we went through this yesterday um, and Saul discovered that Game Informer has been around as long as he has. Um, I was very surprised. Which is just funny. That was pretty much my answer was Game Informer. Plus, like, I had one issue of one particular magazine that sat next to my toilet for like five years and I reread it. Dude, that's Game Informer's, like, role in this house. Even after we moved out of Grandpa's house, I was too lazy to change my address. So half the time, they just... I mean, they would always come up here, and I'd forget them sometimes. So they'd just end up in the bathroom where Trace would be reading them. Uh, but yeah, Game Informer for a long time was. Uh, definitely before you got to the point where the internet was such a big provider of news and everything was just right there on the dot. Um, oh, it was, it was the official still Xbox magazine. I actually just found the cover art. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I had, uh, I have, you know, I use Game Informer a lot and I think that they used to be good for getting new information from games. Uh, now Game Informer does all their stuff day one online, same matching. So there's a little less of a need for it. Uh, going back, I, I also liked the uh, unofficial PlayStation magazine, but my other favorite one was PlayStation Underground. Uh, and that was where I got my, like, you know, they had these little demo discs. They'd give you like the PlayStation Jam Pack and stuff like that came with these little demo discs. And that was like where I first played Ico. Uh, and I also played a game called portal runner which is a little i actually don't know who the developer for that was uh but yeah it was just a fun 
kind of ridiculous game at the time. It would not hold up by today's standards at all, as I think Ico actually does. Uh, but I just liked it. I liked the idea of I was poor. I didn't have a lot of things. So when we could occasionally get gaming magazines, which was very seldom actually, and we'd get something that came with a demo disc, it was nice because it was like, not only are we getting this cool magazine with these cool pictures and posters, I'm also getting a demo disc with a new couple of games I can play for 20 minutes and screw around. So that's fun. I love that. Yeah, that makes sense. Our next question up, it's from our good buddy on Twitter, El Chabib. He says, what obscure game or games interest you and follow closely that don't seem to get much media coverage? Mine is Grand Blue Fantasy Project Relink for PS4, an action RPG developed by Platinum Games. Thank you, El Chabib, for the question. Um, you know, this is kind of a hard question because I don't think I have one. Uh, I mean, I guess the closest one, Divinity 2. Like, I still browse the subreddit. I've actually started playing that game again since I played D&D last weekend, and that's, like, the closest thing I can do to get my D&D fix. Sure, so you're just kind of trying to jump into that world. You know another great way to do it? Get you a backwards-compatible PS3 or PS2 and get the old uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games. I can get that on PC. Dark Alliance? I didn't think that Dark sure. Alliance and Dark Alliance 2. I thought those were console games only. I very well could be wrong. I didn't have a gaming PC growing up. Um, so... Honestly, I don't know. No, it's just Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Is yeah. that the same thing? No, Baldur's Gate and then Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance is a whole other thing. Okay, I, I for some reason thought... Uh, Baldur's Gate, the, the original Baldur's Gate is like a top-down, third-person, isometric, uh, traditional, something more akin to like Pillars of Eternity. I, those games are good. No, they're good. They're good, but they are different. They are. Uh, they're very text-heavy. Yeah, and I think that the way that they go about movement and the way that you actually are aiming to play them is a lot different than when you got with... Uh, Dark Alliance is much more akin to what you saw from like Diablo uh, and the uh, great Sony online entertainment series, um, which was Elder the um, Lord. How am I forgetting the name of it? Um, Untold Legends. Oh, that's right. I that was know. on PSP and I then made we, its way to PS3. And then also... Um, we've talked about the PSP one before, like, personally. Yeah, yeah. Brotherhood it. of the Blade was, like, my first PSP game. I loved it. I played that game the whole day that I had that first PSP. The whole day? The that's whole it? day. That's all you played? It was just one day? No, no. I played oh, okay. the game past it, but, I mean, literally, from the time I woke up... And this is a great story about me sneaking into my mother's trunk just to verify that I did indeed get a, a PSP. Hold that's it for right, a second that's what you saw, right? And then put it back down. No, she asked me what game I wanted. But I, I was in that state of disbelief. Like I said, I was poor. And this was my mom actually had a good job for a small stint. So I was kind of like in disbelief that it was true that I actually got a PSP. So I had to go out to her car and pop the trunk because that's where she had it, which was probably a dumb spot considering that somebody could have stole that. Um, but I just went out and opened the package, put it in my hand. I was like, this is amazing. And then I went to sleep hoping it wasn't a dream. Um, that's how I think I've told it before that that's how I found out I had a 3ds or a DS. My mom was like, you could open one present before Christmas Eve. Cause we did Christmas then on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. And I opened up super Mario 64 DS remade. And I was just like, Oh, I was like, what is this? And she was like, well, you weren't supposed to open that one. Like dude, you said there was no rule woman, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess divinity for me. Yeah, I think uh, I think before its massive success, I would have argued near Automata um, because that was definitely one of those things where that's always been like a major niche game though. Like since that game came out, there was always a pretty good cult following behind it. Well, that's what I mean, like Automata specifically. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I know, but I mean before it came out. It, oh, the, okay. That's I what I'm saying. saying. Before it came out, the only game, the only people who were following it were people who were fans of either the original Nier or Drakengard Three or the Drakengard series in general. People who essentially followed Yoko Taro's work, uh, and 
I was one of them. So as much as I love Nier, knowing that there was going to be a new one, I was losing my mind at how good it was uh, or how good it looked and how, and just the idea of it. I was like, this is amazing. So, I mean, I definitely love that. And that was definitely one for me, but I think that I'm with you on that grand blue. I've never watched a show, uh, but with how much fun I had with Nier Automata and the fact that it was, you know, developed by Platinum, uh, this looks really cool. And I think that art style wise and gameplay wise, it looks right up my alley. So I'm going to try that as well. I'm trying to think of another game that was a little more, uh, I'm trying to think uh, obscure that I really championed. And I know I can think of some, but I guess it tends to be that you're looking in hindsight. I think right now there's not a lot that are just on my thing. I think vampire was one that, uh, did get media coverage, but I don't think anybody was just necessarily, um, thinking it was going to be just amazing. And I, I do feel like I spoke highly of that game well before it came out. Uh, and then I played it and it matched exactly what I was hoping for from the game and even exceeded it in some areas. And I continue to champion it. And I'm glad that game ended up doing well. Iconoclast so. really kind of is, right? Or is that like an indie success that I just don't follow? I think, I mean, I remember when it came out, it had quite a lot of buzz around it. And it's quite fun. I'm really enjoying it right now. But I'm very late to the party, so I'm not going to count that one. Because I feel like I'm I've thinking heard about it games that come before, like where, where I knew that I was into them and really talking about them a lot before they came out and everyone else hopped on. Uh, and I feel like that's probably what's going to happen in the case of this Grand Blue game that he's talking about, but we'll definitely see. I mean, I think that Platinum for a long time lost the sparkle that their name had for a long time where you just saw their name and you were like, I trust that this is going to be good. Um, but in that sense, I think uh, Nier Automata has definitely restored a lot of people's faith in them, not only because they took a beloved franchise and made it amazing, where it was received really well because of them and heavily involved in the in the gameplay aspects. And I think that everybody was like, oh man, this is exactly what I've been wanting from Platinum, so you're seeing that again. Yeah. So I think Grand Blue will do well for them, and I think that'll be a game that people are going to sleep on a little bit, but it'll end up being another addition to Platinum restoring people's faith in their name. I just now realize I messed up. How so? I didn't play through near again like I meant to in December. Damn you, Destiny Two! That's the sole reason why that happens. I, I, the same I still haven't replayed through it, but I have so many games that I just can't squeeze it in. But I own it forever and always. I will own it, and I will just I'll, I'll replay it soon. Uh, Hakuto will probably yell at me and tell me I need to go back and get the original near plat, uh, platinum first. But we'll see about that. I was actually playing Dark Souls Three the other day. Don't tell him though. Mm. Okay, another question. This one comes from. <clears throat> Sam Coffin, he says, and this is a Patreon supporter, so thank you, good sir. Uh, with Iceborne coming for Monster Hunter World, do y'all hope to see more expansions like this with new regions and monsters come to Monster Hunter World, essentially building a world for Monster Hunter World? Um, Absolutely. Hiccups again. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Salt. Absolutely. I mean, is there anything that you want to add before I go on this big rant? It's not that big. But no, like big I, I really hope that happens. I really hope we get more bigger areas, but go ahead. I feel like Monster Hunter World is one of the few games I've seen that lend themselves so incredibly well to the games as a service idea. Uh, and I think that if you put enough t time like they're doing now, because you have Iceborne right now is scheduled for uh, sometime in the fall of, uh, of 2019, the year that we're in. So when you think about when the game originally released, which I think was January of 2018 that's putting close to two years between this big content release now that might have possibly been because of the fact that they didn't know how big the game was going to be and it's far exceeded expectations and has kept its player base coming uh so i think that they may have just greenlit this later or 
they're wanting to slowly give events and stuff and then work on very big sizable chunks that may come in at big amounts of money so i think when i think I, it's the second one i think so as well and i don't i mean big amounts of money but i mean 30 dollars for i would pay 30 dollars for iceborne if they told me that they were adding essentially is a, it a standalone i'm assuming no because it would be like impossible to be so but like no 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 it's I, not, it's, okay. it's, from what they're saying currently it is a legitimate add-on now what happens in that situation <laughs> i don't know if that would reach but okay Sorry for those. It, it, well, it's on the other side, isn't it? Wah, wah. For those that are listening audio only, you're missing out on me needing a charger and uh, my, my, my laptop. being. Well, if you want to stand up and go around, you can get it out from this cord holder. There you go. Uh, I'll be right back, you guys. I don't have to stand up and go around. I'm just going to go under. Oh. Continue on. Uh, anyway, I think that, yeah, it's the, it's the perfect type of game for that. This is just rife for... Um, very very casual episode as Saul Saul stop it Saul <laughs> anyway uh, yeah I think that if it comes in around $30 and essentially acts very similar to what you saw from uh, The Witcher I think when you saw Witcher do the Blood and Wine expansion and then the I can't for the life of me remember what the other one was called because uh, I didn't play them. I just want to say that. But I've heard great things about them. I know that they were big, sizable add-ons. Uh, so I think if you look at it in that sense where it's adding on to an existing world and you can continue going on into it, if they do one of these every year and a half to two years, uh, adding even half the content of the base game, they'll be doing really well for themselves and, ha and have a good extra stream of revenue. I agree. And I hope that the game follows this kind of pursuit where they have a good amount of the kind of like I'd say quarterly like events that happen or even bi-monthly events that happen and then like once a year there's a massive update that overhauls a couple things and then it provides a new huge area with new monsters and maybe even those monsters can somehow make their way into other areas if it makes sense in the canon sure and what see this is a perfect example of what I've constantly said despite how much I've been enjoying Destiny 2 <sighs> of what Destiny should have done in the first place. Destiny 2 should have never been an extra game. This game is showing you that all you need to do is real sizable, and I mean sizable. Even the best DLCs for all of these games, Forsaken being up the top of them in terms of the amount of content that it added, very seriously. I still think that it has it's to do with one of these cross-gen. Huh? Cross-gen. Well, it doesn't matter. The By the time thing. that Rise of Iron came out, Rise of Iron wasn't even supported by 360 and PS3. Well, I'm thinking about... Like, well, they did use the same engine. I don't know what modify or modifications they had to do because I know they had to do some. Nothing to had to happen. They could have kept going while dropping support for older consoles. That way they could push the expansions just like you would on any other thing where essentially every game, okay, like World of Warcraft, perfect example. When they came out with Cataclysm, Cataclysm redid the entire world. Not only did it bump the graphics up, it had an excuse to go back and redo the entire world so that they had that to, to happen. So what they did is they had it to where the world was destroyed and tore up. So they went back and retexted everything with better textures and new stuff but Which they also replaced it with like 14 broken up stuff so you know it's, it's like oh I well mean, now this house is burnt these trees are burnt but they all looked better and i think that that's all they needed to do i wish they did do that because that means there's content destiny one i wish was still here that would be and exactly back. why Sorry, why not why keep that stuff locked between an artificial barrier that you only put up yourself to sell a new 60 dollars game when you could have and I, there's a bit of million arguments about why they did this but i still think the honest best way was to say hey the, here's our new expansion players of destiny one just pay for it and they get it it is sixty dollars but it makes sure that this world continues to go and the argument that a lot of people made for the game was that destiny one wronged so many people and 
like had a fresh certain, start. And, and that they wanted that too to be this fresh start. But you could still do that. You could go on stage and go, guys, we're we're, we're looking at this like Destiny 2.0. What this is going to be is this is going to change a lot of stuff that people have been wanting uh, and, and try and change it in a way that makes the game more fun and more enjoyable and more respectful of your time, which is something that we feel like we've been building on anyway. Uh, it's going to change the way that the energy weapons and stuff work, or, or the way that weapons work. Which they change back eventually. Yeah, I know. But now. still, you could have done all of that. Right. And then still ended up coming back to the system that people preferred. You can do all those experimentations within the same game. There is no reason to create an artificial barrier. They would have probably made the exact same amount of money as they did just by releasing it as a separate game. But they would have had the added benefit of being able to go, hey, you know what? I've played for 40 hours of Destiny 2 and I've done everything that this game has to offer now. Or probably, you know, probably more than that. Uh, but after that 60 hours Sorry, or whatever... Difference. And you go, okay, I'm kind of done with Destiny 2 content. But guess what? I haven't played King's Fall Raid in a while. And me and my buds want to go back and do that. that so would be, let's, yeah. bam, let's go do that. Yeah. I just don't see those reasons. So I'm glad that, and I really hope to see Monster Hunter World show Destiny that you can do that on a console. No problem. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Because so, Final Fantasy XIV has been doing it for a while now. Exactly. So. Now, but the only difference there is that Final Fantasy XIV was primarily a PC game. It did have a PS3 version when it first launched, and then it came back. Uh, and it finally but made it Destiny, like PS4 and like Destiny being made a console game first and foremost, I think that that's why a lot of people don't really care about the the fact that it didn't handle expansions the same way. That makes sense. So. We're gonna get one of our Donovan questions out. He shoots us like ten questions that are really easy to answer. Uh, but we'll get his question out, and then I'll, I'll we'll get to another one as well. He says, "Are either of you having a child soon?" Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not. <laughs> My this, silence might have stated otherwise. Uh, no, this came from a Destiny 2 night where uh, we were playing, and Cody, our buddy, who uh, helps us run through raids. Cody, for listening, thank you. Um, anyway, we were playing, and I can't remember why, but he made the joke, and it was funny because before you got the chat, like an hour or two before that, he was saying, like, are you and Hannah going to have another kid? And I was like, nah, man. I think we're like... I'm never going to say never, but I'm good for the foreseeable future. I like my one child uh, and I don't want to try and split my attention between two and still keep doing stuff like this. So uh, anyway, it was funny because then later he made you, I don't know why, but you misheard something he said and you thought he said I was having no, something no. happened. I'm pretty sure Cody, Cody said something. And I was Maybe. Like, Wait, what? And then Brett was like, yeah, you haven't heard. Yeah, so, so I rolled through it, and then what ended up happening, it was great, is that Salk, we, we talked about it for like an hour, and I was super convincing. Never joked, never cracked a laugh or anything. Uh, and that's not normal of me. Normally, if I'm BSing, I am pretty bad about having a tail. Uh, I think Saul could tell you that. If I'm saying something that's just not true, I am too... I'm giving something away that lets you know that. Uh, but Saul came over to record and he goes, uh, Hey man, uh, by the way, I bought you a crib for the new baby. And I said, <laughs> I was literally trying to get it baited out of him. And I said, Oh dude, thanks. That's actually going to be a real help. But we hadn't thought that like, far ahead yet. I was like, crap. Well, I was lying. So now I really have to buy you a crib. If you're really pregnant, it ended up like I told my fiance and we ended up getting her to be like, Hey Hannah, congratulations. And she's like, on what? She's like, well, you're pregnant. And Hannah was like, no, I'm not. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> and for those of y'all don't know her, but Annie's already a little awkward sometimes. So the, it was like Hannah walked off while we were eating. And then Saul was like, you haven't congratulated her yet. And she was like, oh, yeah. So as soon as Hannah sat down, she was like, congratulations, by the way. It's great, too, because I told Annie last night when I got home. I was like, man, it sucks. I was like, we didn't get to uh, like it corrupted on us and we had to redo it. 
And I was like, there, I got, we got to a really good bit about how it naturally came up that, uh, you congratulating Hannah for her fake pregnancy. And she was like, Oh, are y'all going to do it again tomorrow? My like, only if it comes up naturally, which it just did. So she'll, uh, she'll it has be able. to, but, uh, our, uh, question, uh, comes from our good buddy, Josh Ayers down under. He says, will you play resident evil two? Ayers. 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 But roll through, please. One of y'all is lying to me. I swear that's what I used to say. Roll through. Ayers. He says, will you play Resident Evil 2? Which I feel like we did answer uh, in this uh, last episode of Triangle Square. We did. Both of us a resounding yes. Uh, we're both really excited for it. Absolutely. But, it looks you know, beautiful. The real meat of the question is, are you, going, are you guys going to plat Kingdom Hearts 3? Absolutely not. I intend to... But we will see because Absolutely not. I don't have as much as I love that series and as many times as I've played them, I don't have the platinum for a single one of them. So, yeah, that, those take games with are that some, as you will. Those I'm, games are some grinds, like some ridiculous grinds for the platinum, and it's not worth it for me. That's the kind of platinum that's unfun to do. Not fun to do, unfun, unfun. We'll see, though, because stuff. just, I mean, you are right. Traditionally, they have been that way, but they were also not designed with trophies in mind. So the exactly. trophies came later. Yeah, so I understand that. The trophies could be better, though. So in that sense, Nier had really ridiculous things to do. Yep. Uh, but Nier Automata was not nearly nope. as hard. I could actually see myself plotting Nier Automata, but I will not ever consider something like Final Fantasy XIV or... Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, God, that was like Yo. an impossible plan if I ever saw one. Absolutely not. Uh, anyway, okay, next question up comes from uh, Sean Horn. Saw that you subscribed to us on YouTube. Thank you, sir. He asked, why do you think there was not a sequel to Heavenly Sword? I love that game. Uh, so in that particular sense, I think that uh, where I kind of land on why I think we didn't see it is two things. Ninja Theory have come out before and talked about the fact that uh, it being their first game, they had a lot of pressure. That game was meant to be this weird stopgap for God of War not being ready to be on PS3 yet because they were finalizing God of War 2 that they decided was going to be a PS2 game. Uh, and then we had this weird section of people who really wanted a God of War-like hacking slash experience on PlayStation 3. Um, this came at a time when the PS3 was ridiculously priced and it just came out with a lot of damage control that they had to handle so they were dropping the price as quickly as possible trying to get their games out there as quickly as possible and go hey you know and we may be expensive but look at this game look at this game look at this game so they were asking a lot of their teams and i think in ninja theory wasn't even a team that was just a third party um you know a, an independent studio uh, that was doing an exclusive for them and I, I, you know, it was one of those things where they were demanding really good quality alongside really quick development and that put a lot of stress on ninja theory and ninja theory were having to learn a lot about mocap because not only was it their first project but they were going into this stuff doing real mocap and stuff that you saw naughty dog doing after being a studio for a long time uh, now they had help andy circus came in uh, if you don't know who he is then i can't help you if you don't watch enough movies uh but he was the bad guy in that and so he was there to help them in a lot of the way and he's a big pioneer of motion capture stuff uh so I think if you mix it with that, I think that Sony wanted to keep showing new IP bigger and better as the PS3 moved along. And then once they had these big staple names, then they moved them into being franchises. On top of the fact that Ninja Theory were really stressed, and I think that they took a break from the series, 
naturally went on to make other stuff and then Sony just never really pulled back to them and they never really came back to it. So they I got think, a Blu-ray movie though. I found that out last night. Did it actually, did, did you ever see if it released? I didn't really feel the need to watch it. I don't it. know what, what I saw was a fan-made image or not. It looked legit, but. They did put out a trailer for some years back about a, uh, a CGI movie for it. I don't know that it ever actually released. Uh, I didn't feel the need to watch it because I played and beat the game. Very similar to what happened with Ratchet and Clank. But there you go. Hey, if nothing else, check and see if that uh, Heavenly Sword Blu-ray or movie actually did come out. It's on eBay for $125. My word. So if you have that movie, you might want to... Uh, it's on DVD, apparently, too. But anyways, you might want to throw that on eBay. Let's see. I'm going to throw another Donovan question in there because they're fun. Why does Saul not like lewd questions? I do. But the problem is is that I don't like them during the actual Triangle Squared uh, recording. Mainly because we try to keep that show more presentable and more professional. And Reader Mail is more of our off-limits, uh, mature audience... Uh, Kind of a show, so ask away those lewd questions. Uh, not really, though. Um, let's see. Our good buddy Kiki, he got us right on in time to ask us this question. He says, do you think Kingdom Hearts... One, one, one second. I just want to back Saul up and not sound like... We've talked about it a few times. That's not something that just Saul said, no, I'm not going to do. Now, of course, the joke about the lewd questions is one thing, but we both early on decided that we wanted to keep Triangle Squared's main show focused and we will still crack jokes and have fun but we do generally try and keep it cleaner i will occasionally cuss um but very light it's not anything like fucker anything like that it's normally like a damn or ass or something like that maybe a shit here and there but it's few and far between and uh, it's think of the children we very much set in more than anything it's a show about giving our opinions on things and i think we both come to the agreement uh, very early on, and I do believe this in my day-to-day life, when you're giving your opinion on things and you really want your opinion to be taken seriously, I think it's better to do it. Uh, and it, I love cussing, so I guarantee you I'm not judging anybody. I just, whenever I'm in an argument, I try and refrain from cussing because I feel like it weakens your argument. Or if nothing else, it weakens people's ability or willingness to listen to your argument as seriously because they take it less serious because it, it sounds like talking wise, you can't even constrain yourself from using these words that are a little inflammatory for a lot of people. Right. So I think that it's, um, I, I it was a decision we both made, but this is all hands off. No holds barred, whatever the freak words. <laughs> I can't remember what the sayings are. We will say and do what we want to. And in that, vain we will move on to the next question of once again our good buddy kiki got us right on in time and he says do you think kingdom hearts 3 could be negatively impacted in its reviews by reviewers who are less familiar with it uh than we might be or do you think kingdom hearts 3 will be the highest selling and most critically acclaimed game in the series uh any game that is part of a series will have this problem and there will be one reviewer somewhere from some site that will get it they will not be a fan of the series. They will not understand the story. They may not like the characters. They may not understand certain things about it, uh, such as the charm or the style, and that will happen. So I guarantee you could find one review website, one video website. You could find a review from a published author that will be like this. As for if it's going to be critically acclaimed, I, I, I believe so, but I don't know if it's going to be the best reviewed. I think that it's more mainstream and see this is where this question is interesting to me it may be the most critically acclaimed and best reviewed kingdom hearts game but it also may be being reviewed and thought highly of those people who have never played a game before so they may be basing it off of a pure performance and story level 
Plus, there's an intro of the movie that's going to explain the series, and I, I'm going to hope it's going to explain it well. Yeah, as we were told, I think that I agree with Saul. I think you see this happen with every series. There are going to be certain people and certain and game reviewers uh, that are going to do these things. But I will say a, a, a similar and probably the only similar uh, series that you can really use as a uh, as a test of how these things might end up happening. Um, Metal Gear Solid is a series that is notorious for not only having an odd uh, charm chronological order. Oh. Uh, that too but also a lot of stuff going on in that chronological order and the way they end up doing this and a lot of plot twists do make for a convoluted story it's debated that those games like which one of those games is most convoluted I've heard so many people act like Metal Gear Solid is not convoluted at all and I'm like I mean mean, it is but it's not as convoluted as Kingdom Hearts is that's for sure I think on both of those, it depends on how what the level of fandom you have towards nope. the series. It's is. about even for me, and I can tell you right now, it is more hard to understand Kingdom Hearts than it is uh, Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid, you're, you would have a, a, a vast problem understanding that game if you are unfamiliar with s- certain stuff in the military, well, and, especially and, from way back in the seventies, sure. in the Peace Walker era. Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. And Which I, is not, I mean, it honestly, doesn't mean it's hard to understand. I but feel it's, like. It's it's a roadblock for some people. I guess the other base of that is that Metal Gear Solid is a slightly more grounded series than Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, hold on. When I, I say Johnny in Metal Gear Solid on, Four, hold on. I know. I said more grounded, not entirely grounded. I mean, I mean, in reality, they're both kind of up there because for a series, like if you look at Metal Gear Solid as a perspective series, then it's like that game's supposed to be more serious than Kingdom Hearts. In reality, exactly. there's probably more serious. Mm, I don't know if you want to say that. I was going to say there's probably more serious parts in Kingdom Hearts. My point being, if you look at what they are, Metal Gear is more grounded in a singular reality with stuff going on. That I mean, don't get me wrong, there may be crazy stuff happening, but they're not worried about jumping worlds and how different worlds react to different things, different types of creatures that come from different worlds and uh, different meanings of hearts in multiple Kingdom Hearts. I think that there's there's a lot of made-up stuff between both of them because they're obviously fiction. Uh, but I think they're both convoluted. But I think that Metal Gear Solid has always had this it's crap, can't stink thing going for it. Um, I've never heard of that. What what I mean is that like... I've, I've known people that, that project that. Metal, and, and this is personal opinion. I'm never going to say anything outside of that. But I know this personal opinion shared by plenty. Metal Gear Solid 5, regardless of how good of a game experience it was as a gameplay thing, uh, I don't feel like was given enough critique but of course it was hold on by everybody i did dude all i ever saw about the game is how perfect it was and i mean that i've never seen that i've never even said that i mean that from fans of the game and now uh, this is slightly hyperbolic but i mean for the most part everybody loved the game it was darn near perfect if not perfect uh and you saw that almost across the board with reviewers uh and i know that there are a ton of reviewers that had to have played that game and did not understand what was going on i don't even remember review scores for that game so my point being that convoluted stuff doesn't necessarily matter but i think Hideo Kojima has got a much bigger presence behind his name than Tetsuya Nomura does. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura's kind of got this negative thing around him right now. Dude, I'm so, I told you. This got a 10 on GameSpot. GameSpot. The craziest, most notoriously harsh credit, critic of games ever. What in the world? So my point being, yes, I do think that 
it has some things going against it from people who are not going to understand what's going on. But if that recap movie can do a great job, uh, then it can hopefully shore that up a bit and can get everybody on a page to where they can play through the game and enjoy it for what it is. It will very, very surely have much more of an impact on people who love this series and have been playing it since day one or at least very early on. Uh, I think that people who it's, it's much like I talked about with God of war, uh, God of war coming out and doing this soft reboot as much as some people don't like that terminology. Uh, the, oh, let's see the actions of Kratos in the previous games made his jump into this new one that much more felt like heartfelt for people who actually kind of saw that growth or really whatever you want to say that growth into a monster and then this flip into still that monster but a monster that's constantly trying to rein himself in and i think that you'll see a similar thing here you'll see kingdom hearts 3 uh, have great moments that just really resonate with people who've been longtime fans. And then some of those moments are going to be lost on newer people. But if they can build a great gameplay experience, which from everyone I've seen, even if they haven't played since two, they're loving it. Uh, so I think if they can do a great story and do their best to try and recap it, it has the potential very seriously to not only be the best selling uh, because of the amount of consoles out in the wild and the much more hype behind it than I've seen behind any other trailer. Um, or any other Kingdom Hearts game, and I do think it has a chance of being incredibly well reviewed. Uh, we will see. Yeah, I'm really curious. If on, I had to on... throw a if I had to throw a, a hat in the ring right now, I would say I expect its Metacritic. I'm gonna say a 91 to be no lower than an 89. No lower. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's gonna sit at 91. But I would hope it's somewhere in the 90s, and that'll be good because the series has been on a downslope sales wise since the first game, actually. Um, and it's just didn't Burn My Sleep pick it back up for a little bit? Nope. At the best selling game of the entire series is Kingdom Hearts One. Well, I knew that, but I'm just saying, didn't it pick it back up? Like, pick the no trend. Kingdom Hearts Two sold really well, but it didn't break Kingdom Hearts. Well, I, I know, but uh, I thought, one and then Birth by Sleep because well, there's three well. games in between Two and Birth by Sleep. Well, not really. There was Chain of Memories between One and Two. Well, technically, yeah, you're right. I was thinking that, yeah. So then, okay, and then I'll RE Chain of Memories on PS2. Yeah, uh, and then there was three fifty-eight days over two, and then recoded. No, uh, recoded came after Birth by Sleep. Yeah, if I remember. Okay, so, so there's only one game. Uh, but anyway, my, my point in that situation is that it's a series that has had a very, very rabid fan base of people who are very loyal to it and love it, uh, and they're hungry for new games, and it will sell well. Uh, I still am curious to see where it lands. If it breaks five million, it's doing well. Yeah. So I agree. Uh, good question. Get though. us the next one. Yeah, good, good one, Kiki. Uh, next one up is from Mr. Donovan. He says, what's your favorite type of pasta? Rotini. Panay. But Penay. I'm going to throw out, uh, I'm going to throw out some dankness for my boy. Just straight up spaghetti, man. There's, you know what? People crap down on spaghetti, but you know, what's great. A good chicken parm. Just chicken parm yeah. is so good. It's just overdone. Like I'm sick of it. What chicken parm or, yeah. or spaghetti in general? No, chicken parm. Oh, I love chicken parm. I do too, but it's one of those things I got sick of real easily. Yeah, happens to everybody. All right, uh, I'm going to throw another question up since that was a short one. Let's see. What are some of your all-time pet peeves for gaming? For instance, no manual saves, no option to turn off helmet display, etc. This comes from our friend Liam. Uh, Liam, I'm going to tell you, I definitely have a huge gripe with terrible save systems. Uh, my go-to example is that I, some games uh, are really set and designed in a way that you can play them in bite-sized 
little pieces, but you can also play them in large stance. But they're normally save, they're normally set up to where a save system, if it's auto-save or whatever, or even save spots, depending on how the game is, if it doesn't let you just manually save wherever, they'll do these things where you have to save over very long times and your checkpoints are very spread out. But up until this generation, that was a problem because other consoles did not have a sleep functionality like you saw as early back as I guess maybe the SP. The SP didn't really have a sleep functionality. It wasn't. It, it really it was just closing it and turning the screen off, but it was still running the game. That didn't even turn the screen off. On the second one, it did. I don't think it did. I'm fairly positive. I could be wrong on that, but I'm fairly positive. On the second version, they did with the button in the middle that let you change the brightness the dim, of the screen yeah, the and also control. added the, the real 3.5 millimeter headphone jack instead of the, the special c- Nintendo jack. Uh, but yeah, in, in that sense, I think that the PSP was the first console that really had a great sleep functionality built into it. And the DS was also pretty good in that uh, regard. Uh, so I think you saw those and those games were set up to be played bite-sized chunks. So being able to shut it and turn it back and, and flip it back open whenever you're ready to play is awesome. Uh, but up until PS4, that was a problem. So some games still do that. And the fact that you can use the sleep mode is nice, but I feel like you shouldn't have to. That's uh, my secondary one, though, uh, before Saul gets any of his out, if there are any. Uh, and this is just first of mine. I'm sure there are others. I hate when a game does not have subtitles. Spyro Reignited Trilogy being the most recent offender. I hated it. I hate it so much. I play every game with subtitles on, and I don't understand why Saul's trying to play Magic Arena nope, over here. I clicked on Magic Arena to go into inform <laughs> Word because I'm, I'm actively saving each question we answer in case. We're so, we're so worried this video is going to fail. Yeah, so in case this video fails, we still have questions. Anyway, uh, so Saul, you have any weird gaming pet peeves? When just people you? on your team do not listen to you, and I do not mean team as just as in a team game. I mean when you are doing something like a raid and your teammates will not comprehend what you're trying to tell them. We did one, and I've talked about it before, where it's really annoying that somebody's just not listening, but they act like they do. And then we've done a really good one just recently with Vince and Kiki, or just it was just Vince. Yeah, it was just Vince. And he listened perfectly fine, and he grasped the mechanics so easily compared to that other guy. So, Pretty yeah. much every section of the raid, we did it in the, uh, in first, the second. First, or three for, times. For, for, yeah, first or second try. Yeah. It was like we may have had to do one of those little test runs just to see the mechanics in action, but then we got it down. Yeah, so, so. it worked out really good. Our next question, which is not one of those sprinkled uh, questions that Donovan typically asks, he says, what game would you say is the best PSP game, and why is it tied between Daxter and Monster Hunter? <laughs> You are right on Daxter. You are wrong on Monster Hunter. And that's because Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions is the second best. Ooh. Tag Daxter being first. Daxter is a wonderful game. Well, I'm going to say something that if you've ever listened to this show for more than a week or so, you've probably heard me say a million times. Uh, best PSP game, probably Crisis Core. That's third. No. War of the Lions is up there, though. And I would actually argue that Birth by Sleep. Uh, that, no, no. Birth that, by that's Sleep. That's the real third. For a PSP game, no joke, dude. I was so impressed. If I, if uh, but I both to... of those games are true. The the graphical, I will never forget. I had that. I had the Hex PSP uh, or whatever you want to call them. But I had a custom firmware PSP. Pandora battery. So I remember that before Crisis Core actually came out over here, I was able to download the Japanese version and just play a little bit of it. Didn't understand a word. So I just played like the first couple of missions because I was able to fake it through. But I was so impressed back in 2009 or whenever I think that's when that game came out, uh, maybe 2008. Anyway, I think it was 2008. Um, anyway, when you're moving around it for a handheld, 
this is really unprecedented where you'd run around and cl- and uh, Zach's hair would actually like bounce. Yeah, like move back and forth. And I was like, what? And you could kind of see through it. It had like, I, I like was like, this is really weird that it actually has somewhat hair physics on it. Uh, and that was just impressive to me. I, and, and I remember not only is that game uh, beautiful, it really is for a PSP game. It's also fun. Yeah. I mean, it's it took... The, the it took a weird a lot of weird ideas some that people don't like like the uh leveling up being tied to that random spinner spinner yeah the uh what but, is that was that called the gambit system honestly i can't remember what it was called it, it had a name but i just can't remember what it was called i need to get back to playing that yeah that's a good game if i had to really be serious i would say daxter probably is really my number one and i would say oh, it's Christ, up there. crisis core number two bird by sleep three war lines four need for speed rivals five there's games before Need for Speed Rivals, but I won't get nah, into it. Need for Speed Rivals had good soundtrack no, and good. good gameplay. But go ahead and uh, why, don't you, why don't you get us another one? All right, Mr. Matthew Green. Uh, oh, actually, he already asked us this about the Disney thing. Uh, the Disney thing. Saul's Battle. Oh, did about, I not delete that? Well, no, I just, I, I, that that was probably one that we deleted, but then I undo, yeah, undid I so many it's times. Fine. It is fine. Uh, let's see. Ron asked, what y'all get for Christmas? Um, Saul, what'd you get for Christmas? I got this really dope Cade um, light thingy that I think I put in Discord. I now have a, a bookshelf similar to the ones that are behind us, um, but one shelf is dedicated for Dark Souls. One is dedicated to collector's editions of strategy guides. The top was dedicated to a custom ultra saber lightsaber that I made. And then the, the top shelf, like the actual shelf part, not just the top of the shelf. That makes sense. The very first <laughs> bookshelf uh, is dedicated to a Destiny Shrine. So I have that. Uh, Brett got me this really cool, the Alexa Ghost um, that's on that shelf as well. Um, I got a lot of gift cards. Uh, my little brother made me this really dope thermos with a, uh, or it's not really a thermos, but it's like a Yeti cup. Oh, but yeah. It has my gamer tag on it with, uh, and it's engraved into it. And it has Moon Presence on the back, uh, PSN ID. And then my fiance got me this Spicy Ramen Cade hoodie that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> it's very comfy and uh it's like 34 degrees outside right now so it's very very warm saul got me a kingdom hearts t-shirt very beautiful i had it on yesterday by actually accident when we were recording which was good when we answered this question uh but it's obviously dirty now so i couldn't wear it again uh with that said i got that uh my wife got me this great little uh, massage certificate for in town i've been needing a massage that was good my mom uh, got me a McAllister's. If anybody knows me in real life, I go to McAllister's all the time. Love their tea. It's my go-to thing. Uh, unsweet tea these days. I used to be the sweet tea fiend there. Uh, but you know, you got to be a little bit healthier sometimes. Uh, anyway, it's a tumbler that's a, an Arctic cup. So very similar to what the Yetis are, those vacuum sealed t- uh, cups. And it, whenever you go into McAllister's, they, give you, they let you do refills for a dollar instead of $2. So that saves me some money. Uh, even though the great people at McAllister's hardly ever charge me for my tea anyway. Shh, don't tell them Shout that. out, people. If Ooh. corporate ever hears that, they're all fired. If you are at corporate at McAllister's and you watch the show and you're a fan, just think of it as a contribution to the show. Um, it's very unlikely, but hey, you never know. Uh, let's see. What else I get? Um, I got Nightmare Before Christmas shot glasses, which is super weird. Because it was my aunt who gave them to us. And I don't drink, and nor does my wife my aunt knows we don't drink. So I assume they're just for collector's purposes, but my goal at some point in time this year, just to be ridiculous is to go get some unsweet tea, put it in there. It kind of looks like tequila. I really thought you were going to say like, you're going to drink for once. I was just like, I gotta be there for that. No, I'm good. Like I really like, 
that's our next string right there is that every time one of us dies in a game we gotta take a shot and that's gonna be the first time you get drunk it's I will live take, on Twitch I will take a shot of something I just don't like like something hot no sriracha or something no now that now shh that's, there's plans <laughs> for something like that that I'm working on <laughs> okay that we can't, uh, we can't get out um, I had a small Christmas though our, our yeah, thing around here was I got a lot was, of gift cards but that's we didn't do I, I didn't get people just ridiculous things oh uh, Blaze his wife gave me some homemade beard oil that is amazing it's really good the only complaint I'll have is that she put glitter all over this bag she put it in so it's just everywhere whenever I was to open it but the beard oil itself is great nothing like homemade products and it's scentless I Brett got uh, glitter bombed yeah, I did get glitter bombed unintentionally. That was the worst. It was in your beard. Uh, yeah, anybody who um, who knows me knows I, I'm not a real big scent person. I don't like a lot of obnoxious scents, so she made me scentless. I really appreciated that. Good stuff. I actually just now remembered I got something for my beard, too, but it was from my older brother. I can't think of what it's called now, but it's like Amish beard. Uh, it's a really good smelling stuff because I like scented stuff for like my beard. Yeah. It's like a sandalwood smell, but it's like an Amish beard butter. Uh, or balm. It's balm, actually. Yeah, beard balm. Honest Amish beard balm. Leave-in conditioner. And uh, I forgot I got that. So, good thing we did record this. Yeah, and Blaze got me a Ultra Instinct Goku pop, even though I... And he got me the very first issue of Dragon Ball Super. Blasphemy again. I've not watched any of Super, but I tend to to change that. And what's up with Blaze getting us all these Super-related gifts? He's trying to tell us a question. No, no, you don't tell somebody a question. You ask a question. He's trying to tell us to watch the show. Let's see our good buddy Corey over there in uh, somewhere in Texas. He uh, he says, if you guys had to choose a game to play competitively for tournaments and such, what would it be? This could be for speedrunning, point chasing, or any competitions. I don't know. I don't, like, if this was seven years ago, I'd say Halo 3. I would if agree. If this was five years ago or six years ago, I'd say Guitar Hero. Um, if this was four to five years ago, I would say uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. That too, yeah. We did. We were really good in we, that. You were really killing on that, and me and Blaze were making our way downtown, uh, yeah. walking fast and shooting guys in the face. Um, Man, I guess like if I had to do one now, I would probably do speedrunning of some sort. I would probably do a Dark Souls or Bloodborne speedrun. Bloodborne more specifically, because I've sped run that game. There's air quotes in there for those that didn't recognize the pause um but yeah i can get to uh um the very well after the blood no man what is that guy father gascoin i can get past father gasco uh gascoin in like five minutes is it not gaswan gaswan i don't know gascoin i don't know i think it is a french thing it's getting a little too late it's Um, a little loopy and, yeah, uh, I think if I was going to go back, whenever I was really, really heavy into, there's two games that I think I would do really, really well at, uh, at least back in the heyday. So one of them being Unreal Tournament 3, I just destroyed on that game. Uh, the only other online game that I felt that good about, I was pretty good on Killzone 3 online, uh, and I really do enjoy that game, and I want to see a remaster just so I can play that online again. The requisites um, are you have to have at least four people play for the tournament, and I don't think four people played that game online. <laughs> For shame, sir. <laughs> for shame. Not like those four people. Where's my bell when I need it? I didn't watch that damn show, but where's my bell? What is that show? Game of Thrones, I think. She's walking through oh, in shame or I something. I don't think she ever said Look, that. Look, it in the doesn't show. matter. My point being, 
Killzone 3 is top tier PlayStation exclusive, and you can suck it if you disagree. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. Um, I never played it. And way, dude, that game actually was one of the few games that they released the online as a separate mode on PS3 that you could buy separately and play. Uh, because what kind people of actually liked it. business model is that? It was cheap, man. So people did it. It was really odd. Uh, sadly, those servers have since been shut down, if I am not mistaken. But uh, my two games are actually, like I said, uh, Unreal Tournament 3, I was really good at that one. But. Uh, I can't remember where I ended up on the leaderboards for that, but I'm going to go back to my resistance two days. Uh, and there was about a eight month period, maybe six month period uh, where I was number two in America in resistance two singles. So free for all. Uh, that was my game, man. I played the hell out of that all day, every day. And I would listen to Metallica all the time. I was young. Good times. I also love Metallica. I mean, I just, I don't listen to them as much anymore, as much as I love I don't them anyway. To it at all anymore, but yeah, I used to love them. I, mean, I still love them, but I, I don't still listen, listen to them occasionally. Actually, nothing it's like a, a good, while. nothing like a good listen through of Injustice for All, or even more recent albums like Death Magnetic. Yeah, I said it. It's a good album. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next question up. Let's see. Josh Shoop asking the important questions: Is toilet paper meant to be over or under? Under. No. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Over. Stuck to your words, boy. Over. O V E R over. I want you all to know he's a turncoat. I'm not a turncoat. Uh I don't think there should be any reason in the world that your toilet paper should be under. Uh, I agree. Even if your cats mess with it, don't put your cats don't let your cats in the bathroom. Just close shut, the door. Shut your damn bathroom yeah. door, yeah. Yeah, Brett Brett if every now cat... and then I think his wife puts it under in there and I'm just like I, and you got like this weird thing that you put your toilet paper on. I'm just like, that That makes it even harder. I actually, well, it's just because our house is old and there's just not a lot of places. Uh, that is the optimal bath. Okay, did you ever go to the bathroom in here when we when I was a teenager? Uh, when no. When you and Casey came over? You, you don't even know how bad that bathroom could be. You have no clue how bad it was. So... Uh, but just to be clear too, I thought about it. I actually think Kyrie's the one who someone puts it, sometimes puts it on there under because Kyrie does put toilet paper on when it runs out. Yeah, she is my a, little smart uh, three and a half year old. Um, but yeah, no, it's supposed to go over. Everyone knows that. If you don't, then I just I don't I don't know how to help you. This is what I'll say: if your life is in shambles, and then you notice that your toilet paper is under. Maybe you should turn it over and see what kind of butterfly effect that has throughout the rest of your life. I'm pretty sure you'd die if you walked out the front door. <laughs> Anyways, a quick a quick question from our good friend Liam. He says, when is the next Twitch stream? Uh, you guys will know uh, as soon as we do. We're starting a new schedule here up soon. We just got to get some things finalized and uh, some discussions to be had. But you guys will know once we discuss it. And uh, Discord people probably know first. Uh, so join our Discord. Um, but the uh, meaty question Plug. is going to be our good buddy Richard Rivero. He says, hold on, hold on. One thing we talked about yesterday that I didn't get to say here about the stream thing. Uh, one of the things that we can pretty much guarantee on uh, is going to be, it takes me getting wiring internet into this uh, room, but we are going to be aiming to live stream episode 100. Uh, so as far as, epi- yeah, as far as triangle squared episodes, we will probably not stream, excuse me, random episodes of Triangle Squared. That's probably done. I think what we'll do is we'll save it for milestone episodes. And uh, E3 stuff. Save, yeah, milestone stuff and, and E3 stuff. So E3 will be like it always has been. We'll do the PlayStation uh, showcase, uh, which this year won't have one. So we're, we're not going to do one for Triangle Squared this year. But if they come back and we're, and we're still doing the show, which we should be, then we will do it that way. Everything else will just be under the Nartech gaming umbrella. Which uh, hopefully we can get Blaze here too. 
Yeah, I think we should be able to. Uh, and hopefully he'll be more involved in the channel and be by more then, involved with yeah. you guys by then. So you'll have uh, – it, it'll be a, a good fill-in. But I think past that, uh, me and Saul have got a lot of plans for streaming schedules and stuff like that. Uh, some of it's rebranding some stuff and getting new shows off the ground. Uh, and that all kind of ties into what we talked about on Patreon uh, so just a quick plug Patreon as well. If you'd like to support us over there, you can do so. Uh, you can get custom cases if you want to do that. If you just want to support the show, we love that too. Um, what we're aiming to do with the money we do have and the time we do have in this new studio is to f- more importantly than anything, make sure this show keeps running as well as it can. Uh, and we are very proud of the show and we're constantly, we have, you know, we're constantly trying to think of what we can do to improve it. Um, and then also what we want to do in terms of new shows. So some of those are going to be actual shows. Some of them are going to be using this studio space for live streaming. Uh, we were all working those things out, but we have plans and y'all will know as soon as we have them to a point where we can fully tell you uh, without speaking too soon. Yep. And uh, another quick side note, this episode was brought to you guys by Squarespace for those. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, why did you guys choose to be Not a really, primary PlayStation podcast uh, from our good buddy, Richard Rivero? We've talked about it before a little bit, uh, and I know we've mentioned it uh, in stuff like our Twitch streams that we have done. Uh, I do remember one specific time we talked about it. When we made this YouTube channel, it's been four years now almost, and we had the intention to go again with each one of us, me, Blaze, and Brett, having a role. And I was Xbox, Blaze was PC, uh, Brett was PlayStation. It's been, actually, no, we've had the channel longer than three years, five years. Right? No, it was it was six months before Kyrie was born. So Kyrie's three and a half. It's been four years. Okay, but um, so that's right. Yeah. So like, I still played Xbox a fair amount uh, as well as PlayStation Three. Brett played PS3 almost exclusively and PS4 uh, at that and point. PS4. As well. Yeah, I didn't have a PS4 at that point. Uh, and then Blaze was a, mainly PC, but he did play a little bit of Xbox. So we originally gonna have these roles on the like who we were as part of the channel. That went out the window when we all pretty much became uh, and Brett was already part of the main PlayStation community. And since then, it just made sense because we've all come to love PlayStation. When this has been our primary console choice for this generation, it's our primary, you know, it's where all of our friends are now, it's where we play all of our games at. It's very rare that we play another console of any kind for other games that's not a Switch um, for me and then for Brett and me, a PC to play games like Sea of Thieves with buddies who have Xboxes. So it's pretty much that. Like, we are pretty much in the PlayStation ecosystem and we pretty much have been or at least more so for me, it's been more of a learning experience and more of an adventure that Brett's already taken the generation beforehand. So it's been kind of a cool, just a cool, uh, almost like follow me along journey as well, because it's, I was playing the uh, PS4 technically for like six months to a year before the podcast, I believe before the podcast. Now, uh, yeah, Actually, no, it's a little bit longer than that. It's been like two years because I'm getting channel made up, uh, uh, channel creation versus podcast creation times mixed up. But yeah, and we are eventually going to have different kinds of things uh, and ideas planned out. And then they all kind of fizzled out except for this one, uh, which we've talked about a couple of times that we saw um, PlayStation XOXO not become a thing anymore. And it was kind of like, well, yes, I love you. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Same same thing, uh, uh, but yeah. What, what did I say? PlayStation XOXO. 
<laughs> okay, like I said, it's getting a little late. But uh, but yeah, and, and like we saw them not become a thing anymore, and there was a big hole in the community that needed to be filled. And we were like, you know what? We like talking about games with people, like with each other and people. We like PlayStation. We both lo- or we love PlayStation. We're PlayStation fanboys. So it would be the most opportune time to start. And we wanted a community that would be uh, almost a, like as loving as that community was when you saw that happened because i know that me and brett i can speak for brett on this because he's we've basically talked about it before is that when we heard about the whole thing that happened especially with call it was like a, th- a hole was punched in our stomach like and that we don't know those guys personally so it's like it, it left an impact on us that well, we were hoping to help people who may maybe don't have real a lot of friends in real life or anything like that we wanted to bring together a community that can help those kinds of people yeah i mean because some people are just you know the thing the, the sad part about growing up is that you uh, don't have as much time for friends or making friends. So it gets to a point where it's actually a lot easier to find people just here who share common interests over the internet. But yeah, I think to extend a little bit on what Saul said, uh, I just, for me, most like first and foremost, I've always just been a PlayStation kid. I've had a PlayStation since PlayStation one. And while I didn't get to play as many PS one and PS two games as I wanted and really picked up steam during the PS three generation, uh, I've always had a, a tendency to roll towards them and I've always loved them and what they do, even despite of their flaws. Uh, so I think that, it made the most sense for me, and that's why when we originally set up the channel all those time ago, and sadly that was held off because I became a father and didn't realize how much it was actually going to be a a, a big, you know, uh, thing Impact. to take on. So. It was a mixture of that on top of my house was going to be the studio room, and then we just didn't have the studio room. Uh, so We actually have footage of like a test recording that's really, really bad that we've debated about releasing for Patreon. Uh, just for, for Patreon, and giggles. Patreons, yeah. So let us know how interested you guys are in that because that could very well become a possibility. And I do mean like a really rough draft of what this was going to look like. I mean rough, rough. Like we were using, a, my, I think, my old like camera. camera that's probably almost a decade old at this point and we were using uh, a table that we stole from your kitchen and it's in the same room that we used for the like for the old set but it was at a different angle completely and very similar to the first episode i was terrible on the mic i was very awkward so oh y'all you guys got it like you, you have no clue the leaps and bounds that saw has come Oh yeah, you had like just go watch episode one and just look how uncomfortable I I'm am. I'm proud of you. Now, don't be wrong; I was even slightly awkward, uh, but I had more microphone experience than Saul did, so it wasn't as weird. Uh, but as far as uh, the rest of my stuff, yeah, I mean, I think the other reason that we ended up doing it when we did is, like he said, there was kind of an opening in the in the community. It was an opportune time to try and squeeze in with a new PlayStation podcast. People were looking for it; it made sense for me already. It was it's a what big motivation. I, it's what I love, and it's what I like to talk about anyway, and. It, I think what led Saul to being okay with doing it too is that he found himself in that year prior, you know, maybe even a year and a half prior. It was like two years prior. When he was playing PS4 a lot, all of our conversation when he'd come over would be about would PS4. eventually move over into PS4 gaming. So it made a lot of sense. And we already had the cha- the channel set up. We already had some ideas set up. So it was like we already had a microphone. Like literally it was getting a table and like some lights and like a camera that we already had laying around and like putting it all together to make, to make a puzzle piece, just to make a puzzle finish basically. Yeah. And it was a lot easier than we thought, um, setting all that stuff up. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a fun, odd journey is what I will say. But, uh, yeah, we, I mean, I guess the, the too long didn't give a shit, uh, is that we love PlayStation. Yep. And, uh, I'll leave this question and I'll let Brett get another one, but I'll leave off with a, a, a Donovan micro question. He says, what are your deepest, darkest secrets? If we said those, they wouldn't be secrets. So Donovan, come on now. 
Can't ask that question. I killed my mother with a broken lawn chair. Here we go with this thing again. He did this last night. I told him no again. So, no. I took her body. No, I said don't. And roasted it over. Why is there so much a, unopened space A homeless man's shopping buggy that he was using rats as a fuel source, which makes no sense. Uh, no, no, yeah. That makes perfect sense for a homeless person. <laughs> but body bodily fluid is not a good fuel source. Like, bodies are not good fuel sources. What is this thing doing? Just wanted okay. you to know that. I mean, it might be. Uh, why I know that, don't worry. I've, I've, I've been watching a lot of Making a Murder. There's a secret. Shh. Okay, uh, let's see. Next question up. Uh, good old, nice, uh, fun-worded question. Fuck, Mary kill. You know the greatest game of all time? PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. So if case for some reason you don't know what this is, you have to choose one to fuck, one to marry, one to kill. Uh, so if I'm going to be getting nasty with one, I think that uh, it's just going to be um, it's going to be Nintendo. Um and that's because there are a lot of games that are on Nintendo platforms that even though there are plenty of them that are not exclusives, and I do love the Legend of Zelda series, that's one of them, um, even though they disappoint me sometimes. But I do love the series, uh, and I do like some of the Kirby games. Uh, they just they do have good games. Epic Mickey was a Wii game that I loved. Uh, I think that they do have some really good third-party exclusives, and I constantly think about, I cannot imagine a world in where I did not waste a hundred plus hours on rune factory four on the 3ds and yeah. i mean saul knows how addicted to that game i was and i mean Pokemon. we both were i mean say but his was like it was like mine was like alcohol his was like meth yeah mine was like meth that you put like just a, a little bit of super meth in i think i said gasoline for some reason no god no just super meth you know that the extra potent stuff uh, and then you, you, is that a thing? I don't know. I'm just making crap up. Uh, but no, I mean, I think the other thing too, is that Pokemon being with Nintendo Pokemon is just a, if you were raised in that time period when it was first coming out, so it's uh, just a part of you. It really is. It's a part of you. And I mean, like I will forever hold a, a reverence for, for Pokemon. He's wearing a Pokemon wristband right now. I am. It's a Squirtle. It's, it's, it's actually great. It shows the full evolution line for Squirtle. So I've had it on for about four years now. Uh, I keep things on forever. But we all know who we're marrying. I think we're both we're both killing Xbox. This was our killing last Xbox. Night. Unfortunately, as much as I love Fable, uh, and that is Halo, my go-to Fable. series. Halo's okay, and I mean I'll give them credit. I've enjoyed That's a lot it for me. But Fable One and Fable Two are great games, um, and I will continue to sing their Lost praises. Odyssey. Uh, they have their places and their moments. I enjoyed a lot of games on the th- on the 360. Even I enjoyed a lot of games on the original Xbox when I did get to play it. Uh, Stranger's Wrath being one of them, though it did eventually make its way to PS3 in a much better form. So, eh. but my point being is that I think that as much as Nintendo frustrates me, they also have given me a lot of great gaming experiences. And if I'm gonna you know have a little side fling, that's gonna be them. And sadly, Xbox gets the X, um, but that's okay. And definitely marry PlayStation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see here. For me, I think we'll do a uh, a good... I actually really like this question. It comes from my good buddy over there on Twitter, Sean Juanillo. He says, what is your favorite moment of 2018? It does not have to be gaming related. Brett, what is your favorite moment of 2018? <sighs> Mine's a weighted answer. Mine's a day, but if that counts. like It's actually like a morning. But what is yours? Yours is weighted. Mine, mine is weighted. Really badly. Uh, I guess. By weighted, do you mean tied with something else? Or do you mean like it's a double-edged sword of a moment? Like it was a very good and bad moment? Yeah. Okay, I think I know what it is. Yeah. I mean, essentially, the entirety of what happened around Grandpa. Yeah. So, of course, the downside is, is that we started the year off in March with him getting pretty severe uh, uh, pneumonia, which is common in older people. 
And then from there, um, he oh, managed to actually bounce back way better than anybody thought. And, you know, I was never happier than in this little three-month window from March to June slash, well, June, really, um, when he bounced back so hard that it was like he never had been to the doctor or the hospital or anything. And, I mean, he was really rough in the hospital. Uh, so that was really probably my happiest moment of the entire year. I was just like, man, I'm so glad to, to know that I don't have to deal with losing my grandfather this year. Uh, and then that, of course, is coupled with literally right after we got through doing the EA stream of... Uh, Square Enix. Was it Square Enix? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay, regardless, it was during E3. Uh, as soon as I got done, I opened the door, and Grandpa had had a stroke and was on the floor. Um, and so it kind of bounced back down, and then that came back up again by the fact that, you know, it didn't, it, it wasn't in, in any an end for him instantly. Uh, but it was just, uh, 2018 was a very mixed year. I mean, I had a lot of fun and success on the show, and I was glad that Grandpa, it, I, I'm just I'm glad I didn't lose him in, in, in March. I'm glad I didn't lose him in June. Um, I mean, I got all the way to October. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's the thing about life is I guess I'm glad I got more moments with him and then sad that I didn't get even more. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, a good one. That's what I, that's what I knew you like when you said weighted like a double-edged sword, I was like, that's, that's it. Uh, mine is a little, uh, it's a little weird mainly because it's, I don't normally work overnights. Like that's not a thing I normally do. Now, granted, if somebody calls in a lot or whatever, and I'm the person there and I can't find anybody, then it's my responsibility uh, as one of the managers at our pharmacy that I have to stay overnight. But one of our other uh, colleagues was taking a vacation, and I offered three days in a row to work their shift overnight. And I, I'm normally pretty good with sleep schedules. Like, my normal sleep schedule is, like, I go to bed at midnight or, like, 1230 at the latest on most nights, and I wake up around 8 or 745 naturally. Um, but this time, like, I, I worked those three nights, and I, I, I ended up – it was, like, a really good deal. And, like, one, one of the reasons why I did it, because I, I worked three nights overnight, 10 p.m. to 730 a.m., and then I got five days off in a row. Um, but – by like the third day, my sleep schedule was still messed up. I could not properly sleep. And what I mean by that was I got home the first day of, or like the, the first off day or whatever. When I, when I was off for five days, my last not overnight shift, I got home at seven 30 and I was actually too excited to go to sleep. Cause I'm like, I got five days off now. Uh, and it's really six days because I got, I had that whole entire day off plus five more. So it was really six days off. Yeah. And I remember like I lay down and like I couldn't sleep. So like I was like, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to drink a Red Bull or something and I'm going to stay up until eight or nine and I'm going to go to sleep around eight or nine and then I'll sleep through into the morning and my sleep schedule will be fixed because that's exactly what I did except the exact opposite of that to uh, to get myself used to overnights. Well, it did not work at all. Like I went to bed that night like 11 and I woke up at 4 a.m. and I was like, well, this kind of sucks. And it's not like I woke up and I couldn't roll back over and go to sleep. It was, I was wide awake and it was like, my body was like, well, time to get up. And I, I was, and I had energy, a lot of energy for only sleeping five hours. So like I got up out of bed and I remember I went into the uh, game room, AKA like man cave, whatever you want to call it. And I, I was playing something and I don't remember what it was. And that happened the first couple nights, but then the, the, the Friday it happened. Um, I woke up at like 4 a.m. Or actually, it was like 3.30. It was even earlier. 
And I woke, I woke up at like 3.30 a.m. And like for some reason I couldn't wake up or I couldn't go back to sleep or anything. So I got up out of bed uh, to go use the bathroom. And I guess when I did that, my fiance woke up. So like she was already wide awake too. And so like what we ended up doing was it was really fun. And we both woke up. We both got ready. We both went to a diner and ate uh, a really good diner. Uh, Shorty, Shorty's? Shorty's Diner? Is that what it's called? I think I know which one. Oh, yeah, in Boston. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, we went to the diner and ate, and then we went to Target as they opened, which was pretty fun. And we got a couple things there. We went to Books a Million right as they opened, and I got a couple things there. Got some Junji Ito stuff, and then I got Majora's Mask manga. And then we ended up going to GameStop, and I got Final Fantasy twelve um, Zodiac, the Zodiac edition. Yeah. So uh, I, I remember the last night that I really had sleeping problems. That was a Friday. I didn't have to go work till Monday. I woke up Saturday, Saturday morning, technically, and I, I, I played Zodiac Age from like 3.30 a.m. until like, I don't know, like 10 or 10 or 10.30 a.m. that morning. So it was like that was, those couple days right there was really cool because it's like you don't typically can wake up that early and it's, it's, really, it's really interesting to wake up and it just be dark outside and be quiet. It's just like you have the world to yourself. It's very peaceful. It is very peaceful. It's actually why I like being a night owl. I like to stay up until like 2 a.m. in the morning and then just I'm like definitely occasionally like you know sometimes we record real late in the night and it's like 1 a.m. and we just walk outside and we just stand on the front porch talking for a few minutes it's like it's just it's just it's like we're the only ones calm, in the world. relaxing there's no cars yeah it's very it, odd this is a little dark uh but like when i was dealing with depression and stuff this has been like six years now it's when i used to stay up until 5 a.m. and then sleep in like literally 30 minutes before my shift began and that's if I worked at like three o'clock. So I'd sleep until two thirty PM. And uh uh like my whole mindset was and I, I really advise that if you're this way to change because it will really help you out for the most part. But if you have the mindset like I did of like I like staying up late because it prolongs tomorrow. Don't have that mindset. Oh yeah, no, that's not that's not my mindset. No, I, I love. That, I just like was, being, I'm a night owl. I I just do well. That at was night. my mindset. But what little like did you did I realize now that I wake up at seven thirty, seven forty five, or eight a.m. naturally, it's like well I don't go to work some days until two. So it's like I literally have until like nine o'clock when I actually get out of bed after Reddit and YouTube for an hour. I literally have from nine o'clock until like one thirty to play any game I want. For that long period of time, I can go get lunch. You've got a schedule that sometimes leads it, yourself yeah, to it, be able to. It allows me to do that like know, two days of the week. I got to be up at seven every. I got to be at work at seven yeah. every morning, so I have to be up. I just wake up at six. See, I, I wake up at day. Yeah, uh, but I also don't lay. That's something that's so odd about you that I just I, I can't I need physically do but. to break that habit because I know that that's like I'm wasting time in a way right there. Like if I got up, if it helps you get up and be with it the whole day I, that's fine man like I do, do that you. like if I have to go to work at 7.30 like I will on Saturday I'll set my alarm for 6.15 and I will literally lay in bed from 6.15 to 7am and I can just browsing Reddit and YouTube I don't get up and get a shower for that period of time I just that's how I wake up I just I can't for some reason in my mind I can't just hop into the shower like right as I wake up I used to do that I can't I, I, get on my phone as soon as I wake up see I I, get I on feel my phone, like that would be crack open so... a Red Bull because you know <laughs> I make coffee now, but like, I don't, I, it's this weird thing of like, I wake up too tired to make coffee. So like it having something to just a drink right then and there is easier. I feel like you're, you're doing something to your eyes with immediately waking up in a dark room and there's this bam. No, no, phone. I turn my phone all the way on dim. Like when I go to sleep, it's still just odd. I don't know. Anyway, okay, I mean, yeah, yeah I, that's an interesting thing, but, but glad you had a good little, I think that what it sounds like is that you just like the idea of having a vacation. 
Pretty much, yeah. But it's I never had a, a vacation like that. I never would would have woken up that early on a vacation. But uh, to get another little Donovan uh, quickfire question out, he says, which one of you can grow the better, uh, better or longer facial hair? I think we we determined that it was Saul yesterday, uh, and I'm okay with that. You know, my beard is good enough, and that's all that matters. So Saul, congratulations, buddy. Yay. Uh, next odd question from Donovan, just because it goes into the same thing, is why does Saul look exactly like the robot with human hair? Is so, that his look or by accident? I don't, I don't, I don't have a look. Like I don't have long hair. I don't have an afro like he does in some of the things. He, do, he doesn't have an afro. There's robot with human hair afro. For those that don't know who, what the robot with human hair is, there's a band called Dance Gavin Dance. I highly suggest you listen to them if you like metalcore slash metal of any variety because there's so many nowadays. I wouldn't but even call them metalcore, but okay. Post hardcore is what I'd call them, I guess. If I had, like, I hate classifications. I hate genres yeah, because I, I don't. I they are honestly jazz they, screamo. They are om, they are more of a pop band with with a screamer with metal influences and killer guitar. Yeah, but anyways, it's it's like a mascot for them. They have a story revolving around them that's been going on for like five, actually like seven years now, and they just resolved it in a way. So I determined after thinking about this uh, throughout the day. That the reason that you look like him and the re- is because you have let John Mess's retarded ass lyrics fill your brain for so long that this I don't is look like a you- robot, a square robot. This with, is this is what it is with like because I can guarantee you right now that this is his creation. It even looks like him. <laughs> I, no, I actually don't. I don't think that this is his. I'm I sure, don't know. Like, That's actually probably Will's. Um, well, no, I don't even think it's Wills. I think it's the artist uh, that does their normal stuff, like music videos with this art style in it. Yeah, I can't think of his name. It's that artist's creation. I'm pretty sure, but I'm pretty, uh, I'm 99 sure. Check out Dance Gavin Dance. You may have to hear the screamer say a lot of stupid stuff, but uh, John Mess. Yeah, he says it with some good vocal patterns, though. But uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not hating. I, I enjoy them. That's moderately, a, you know, moderately. Yes, I love Tillian. He's the vocalist. So if you like good, clean vocals, go check out him uh, by himself, which is really good. Or go check out if you like more, uh, you know, heavier experimental, experimental music. Go check out a band called Tides of Man, uh, which he was the original vocalist for. They are also a instrumental band. So check out specifically um, Dreamhouse yep. is the album that I would say is their best. Um, <clears throat> so, also uh, check out his solo stuff. He's been doing lately. Pretty good. A little poppy, but a, a question. Good that uh i really thought was a good one yesterday and i'm really excited to talk about here josh shoop asked what are the best qualities of xbox and nintendo that would make them the better console over playstation so the way that we're going to look at that is essentially we're taking this and i think this is what he means it as if you take every if you take a specific quality of xbox or nintendo uh and isolate that quality what makes it a better quality over something that the other obviously lacks? Uh, so, uh, Saul, where, where do you where do you land on that? Uh, I, I land with the backwards compatibility being the strongest suit for Xbox right now, and then I land on uh, the handheld success that they have with, with Nintendo. Um, I don't think one of their handhelds have has ever been really considered a failure. So, if so, you know, that, that's actually both a, of those. That's a funny way because. I assume you're talking about the Switch market right now, right? Yeah, I'm talking about like I, they have a really solid handheld out right now with really solid indie titles and massive first-party titles. Uh, so if Sony could absorb two 
um, traits of these two companies that I think that would really excel them at the top would be to put out a really successful handheld and then to allow, or not allow, but had to a thought forward enough to allow backwards compatibility. Uh, you know, that that's interesting you say that because these are, obviously they don't consider Switch a handheld. Exactly. So by their own marker, technically Switch is not a handheld success. But as far as their handhelds go, actually the uh, the 3DS has been quite modest in comparison to their other handhelds. Still a success. Yeah. I mean, 60 million units or so. Last time I remember looking, uh, that's still impressive. Uh, but that's not even PSP numbers, which is pretty no, interesting. No. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there. But PSP was massive in Japan. PSP, yes, it was. I mean, and even the Vita still had a lot of support in, and still has a lot of support in Japan, uh, despite the fact that that is all coming to a, a sad end. So I think you bumped the table again. I hate when you do that. Uh, anyway. I bumped the table again. No, that was this plastic part of my chair. Yeah, here. but it looks crooked to me now. I hope it's not. There is no Tell me way if it's crooked, I moved this table just um, now. Mine, I think, would be uh, I, I like Xboxes and, and cross no way cross-play aspects and so i guess to kind of go into what that really means is uh like saul mentioned earlier when we do tend to play on other consoles definitely both of us it tends to be pc uh, and we like that because we can play with people like blake uh we play sea of thieves or, well, I play, or forza i play switch more than pc now well sure i'm saying but when we both play together you said, oh, okay I I, that's what i intended by it but uh yeah so one of the things we like about that is blake is on xbox and both me and saul are on pc but he can seamlessly send us a party invite that we can seamlessly accept uh built right into what windows is because the, the every windows comes with the xbox app um and i mean it works flawlessly there's no weird delay there's no delay no lag or anything they can invite me to a game and as long as they're on both consoles i mean it plays so smoothly and that's not to say that playstation doesn't have good crossplay they do there's not really problems with like rocket league's pc crossplay but since microsoft has more of a reason monetarily um and because of their own platform wise to make a really great tight end experience with something that can handle voice chat and everything ubiquitously across both um the pc and the xbox it does end up making that experience that much better and PlayStation has no need to do that. They could make a PlayStation app that you could download for Windows, but it would really not be lucrative to them because they don't have a real stake in PC or like they don't own Windows. There's not a reason for them to want to get you on their platform and buying games on there so they can make money somewhere else if not Xbox. So in that sense, PlayStation has more of a drive to keep everything on their system and have you go, you know what? These games are so great and I want to play them with my friends. I'm going to go ahead and buy a PlayStation anyway so that I can get great voice chat functionality and all that. Um, so I think it's smart on Microsoft's side leveraging what they already have and I think PlayStation's good on that side. Uh, my Nintendo one's a bit of a cheat answer, but I'm going to consider this a general thing that Nintendo does. I consider it a, a Nintendo quality and that's their ability to do such a good job with family-friendly titles. Um so kind of as a as an example of that, I don't love them all. I mean, I, there's definitely plenty of games they come out with that just don't quite strike for me. Uh, but I think that when you look at the current gaming market, the other two console manufacturers are, and, and even realistically, a lot of third-party uh, people are not putting out great quality family-friendly titles. Nintendo does that with not only... I, but the majority of their titles with the occasional dip into an, a, a more adult or at least teen focused uh, thing. But what you see is they do games that kids can enjoy and adults can enjoy. And they do so at a triple A level, uh, even though sometimes you don't look at it in the same triple A filter or window that you do something like uncharted. I think it's fair enough to look and say, like, Oh, okay. 
I see what they're doing, and they're doing it at a level that you're not going to see other people do in the same area. I think Indies saw, would you agree that Indies are probably the only other bastion of that great family-friendly when needed? Uh, I, I, just, I think it's a, a great counterpart, or I mean a great... Not counterpart. Because it's not even but. really a competition. I mean, it's just, it's the only other sector you really see it in. Sony's messed around with it, and I hope that they continue it. And they did it to a great extent with Vita. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, well, they did it to a good extent. I won't say great. Even Vita's best games outside of Tearaway, I think uh, Little Big Planet, I'd say this Media Molecule is the only studio outside of Nintendo that is consistently putting out games that are family friendly and whimsical in a way that no other body, that nobody else does. Um, so, I mean, but you see them do it with Astrobot VR. That is essentially what a lot of people said a VR Nintendo platformer that's not even from Nintendo. So, that's good of them to do that. I've never heard anybody say that, but it makes a lot of sense. You should look at a lot of people. That's essentially what they say is it's a VR Nintendo platformer. And that's, uh, that, I mean, that's high praise. And they mean that in a, in a, in a good way. Uh, and I think the other thing that you've seen them do is you saw them try and do it with Knack, and uh, it just didn't quite land the way they wanted to. It's still a good game. Uh, I enjoyed Knack 2 immensely. I enjoyed Knack 1. Uh, but I'd like to see both of those i mean those those are the things that make me like them more so i agree if if you if the question's that then yeah that's what i like about those but i guess the flip side of that is those are the things i would like to see pulled into playstation that would make playstation the more of an ultimate system as right, than which it already is, what, is which is what mine was yeah having a, a nice handheld counterpart and having uh, backwards compatibility to an extent uh, second to last question, we have our good buddy El Chabib once again. He says, hey guys, what game made you regret buying it within the first hour of starting it? Happy holidays, El Chabib. Thank you, man. Happy holidays to you as well. And uh, every, every other listener, I hope you guys have been safe throughout all these crazy holidays. But Yeah, thanks El Chabib. Happy holidays. Hope you and your family had a good one. But uh, Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus did not like that game. And I... Did not have a lot of money back then because I was like 13 or 14 and mowed a lot of yards and did a lot of chores to get that game. And it, Physical labor. It was bad. Brett, what about you? Um, my go-to is realistically, it's, it's a little, little ditty of an RPG that for some reason... 10 years after, or I'm saying seven years after his release, randomly got its first DLC, That's and it's right. a title called Two Worlds 2. Uh, I, I bought it on PS3, and what's funny is I knew going into it that the first one was received really poorly. You saw it on PSP? PS3. Okay. Uh, I knew the first one was received really poorly, but in my mind, I was like, well, anybody smart enough to take a game that sold poorly and reviewed poorly uh, and fund a second one? would only fund it if they looked at what the promise of the second one was or maybe even a uh, a tech demo of what they were trying to do with it or whatever, I could, uh, and said, hey, here's every problem that the first one had and we're fixing it. And that's the only reason that they, that they would, in their right mind, fund this game. And boy, was I wrong. It was a glitch fest and it had a lot of really dumb design decisions, bad, cheesy voice acting. I was I really mean, curious. Ba- not a good story. There's just... The redeeming qualities of the game may came in in other times. I played about three hours before. I just could not keep playing because the game was... There's a part where you see this guy walking around and his cape was like flapping all of his head and stuff. And it, we were just... It was funny. You know I mean? It was like... I was so mad though. And thankfully I worked at GameStop at the time was able to return it and get all my money back. But even though that's not what you're supposed to be able to do. Um, but that, it's just... That's weird. That looks like a scene exactly out of Dragon's Dogma. Uh, sorry, Ryan. I didn't mean to insult that game. But... Uh, 
yeah, man, they're just Cerberus, which is messy. But uh, last saw, saw question. Saw so long. I know I do. It's a bad game. Cool characters, bad game. Uh, Brett, why don't you take over the final question for final us? Final question for the final monthly reader mail. Remember, we are going to a bi-weekly setup after this, so two Fridays from when you're watching this, if you're watching on Friday, uh, will be every two weeks now. So remember to keep those questions up. Um, we can you know, have fun doing these and go as wild as you want to with them. Uh, if you could take on the superpowers of any superhero, what would they be? Josh Shoup asked us that. Um, Saul? I uh, I would really take on any anybody that can fly, but now that I thought about it, I'm just gonna take on the powers of Superman because he's brokenly OP in everything he does, and that's why I hate him. Take on the power of Superman. Take on the power of DC is what you do, right? The power of DC is the power to retroactively make Superman the most amazing character. Because you have why? to continue to make him relevant. Oh yeah, that's that's true. That's also why. That's it's, what they it do. Goes in a part of why I hate. Yeah, D, Superman is DC's poster boy. So and the no reason what I, happens, they have to make him OP and they have to kill him. And they have to make I would him OP actually. Again. I would argue now that Batman is up there just as high because they're both very old. Batman has better writing, better villains, better everything. Better everything. I agree. And I think my biggest thing that I hate about Superman and the way he's handled. I'm not saying I hate him as a whole. I don't like his idea of as a hero. I just don't don't care for it. Uh, but if you actually go back really far, old Superman didn't have all these crazy powers that he does now. Literally, they just had to keep pushing him up. Whereas Batman, Batman well, has pretty much had the same repertoire it, for a, a long time. It really depends on how far you go back for Superman. Earliest Superman was very simple. He could fly. I think he still had laser eyes, but he uh, and super strength. But it was he was a very basic character. Uh, but basic in the sense of you knew what his powers were and you knew what, how they could manipulate those and try and play villains against him in a fun way, right? The more they continued on, they just got to this ridiculous thing where it's like, well, now the only thing that can hurt him is uh, kryptonite. And, and that, that might even have been original. I really don't know on that one. But my point being, you do all these crazy things and then you have it to where he the sun touches him and suddenly he's even stronger just because the sun's well, hitting that's, him. That's always been his thing. That's where his powers came from. It, it's that's just, why he's Superman. And all of this stuff is just r ridiculous to me. I don't know what happened here. That was creepy, dude. Uh, anyway, ghost in this room. Ghosts. I just thought, I don't care for Superman. I never have. Probably never will. Uh, I think the closest I've ever gotten to caring for him. Uh, You're probably is, gonna say the same thing I, I like about him or the one arc. Oh, I'm curious. Injustice. Oh, yeah, the, the game. No, I'm talking about just the Injustice art. Oh, yeah, but the, the game follows the same thing, too. Uh, I did not like the game. No, I liked Injustice 1 and 2. I liked 2 for sure, making him this this villain. I yeah, actually I think that if you're going to do something with Superman, what's the number one thing to do? Make him a bad guy. Make him a really good bad guy, which is why that one movie trailer looks so good. The one where it's like the kid and it's... Well, and actually, there's a couple of other ones. I think Justice League as a whole, when like you that. put Superman in the context of other characters, I think it works out. Uh, he's just not good on his own to me. Um so yeah y'all go check out the trailer for a movie called Brightburn oh yeah that movie looks dope which is essentially that idea that's what I love it is and, and it's very cheeky and it's it's on the nose about it yeah uh, okay so mine's a cheat answer but I love it it's, it's a just very easy. cheat answer Saul was so mad about it yesterday but it's a great answer I guess mine's technically one the too. go to answer would be and there was no limits given it doesn't have to be a DC or a Marvel or some established like Dark Horse comics or something. it doesn't have to be some established universe and comic books, even though I would argue that infamous guy's own comic eventually, I would take the powers of Delson. As much as I love the gameplay, uh, or as much as I didn't like, I should say, 
the story of Second Son and what they did from a character development aspect in comparison to what 2 did. It was still an okay game. Uh, I think Delson is the penultimate superhero, uh, and it makes sense because if you've not played the game, essentially what his power is as a conduit, he can touch other conduits and then suck, essentially absorb their power. (laughs) Uh, But... There was there's a lot of things I liked about that from a gameplay reason and a lot of things I like about it for why I would choose to take those powers. So for a gameplay reason, it did this great thing where it made it to where you absorb someone's power, you get just I'm trying to think of the word I want to use, but anyway, you get to where you can use them just good enough that it's fun and you feel powerful and you're on the cusp of power, but you never feel like you fully are in control of any of those powers necessarily. You still feel like there's a limit that you're not reaching. And that makes sense when you don't control just one power and you're constantly switching between all of them, what you lack and control over the, the each individual one that somebody else like say, uh, Fletch, uh, from, Second son, who's the neon girl? Fetch. Fetch. Sorry, yeah. I oh, said like, Fetch who? yesterday. I don't know what you, I was you thinking. You did. I was like, who? Anyway, but yeah, Fetch uh, with her neon powers. Uh, I always felt like she had more control over them. And definitely from when I saw people play of uh, um, First Light, she seemed like somebody who's always had her one power set, so she's more adept with it. So then you have somebody like Delson who's absorbing that power, and he's doing a really good job of... of holding it and handling it and being able to use it. But what he lacks in the finesse and the adept, you know, uh, the adept nature of what fetches can do, fetch can do. He gains by the ability to be able to switch between multiple different power sets. Technically the game only gives you four, but it's endless in, in I need to really concept. play this game again. It, I'm telling you, it makes for the, I guarantee you, did you ever beat it? No, I got to, uh, what well, I'm pretty sure it's a Seattle, uh, needle. Okay, that's not very far in the game. It's not. Yeah, like, you, I was like doing the very. Did first you even have? I'm stuff. trying to remember. Did you even have neon powers at that point? I didn't have any powers at that point except for one. Smoke. I think. Yeah, you had smoke, yeah. which is cool. Okay, I will tell you. I think if you ever get a chance, you should play the game do and you just get it? all the powers. Yes, I do. I'll just borrow it tonight. Uh, but you you can get all the powers. Oh, I'm pretty sure I do. I'm not. No, I was gonna say don't give it to me tonight, but you did trade it in. I have asked you this question before. You but did. it's because it was free on PS Plus. Yeah, you just redownloaded on PlayStation Plus. You traded it, and that's when I traded it was free. Yeah. Yeah, I do that every now and then. Uh, but anyway, I think what you need to do is is play it because it'll, as much as I thought Spider-Man was fun and moving around and Spider-Man was fun, just wait until you have every power unlocked and how easy it is to move oh, between dude. them yeah, that, and go. I've seen stuff about oh it Oh my before, God, it's and gorgeous and it's so fun. That's one thing that would really uh, pump me up for it. I really can't believe I didn't get it when it was free. I got Soma last month and now I downloaded on Rush, which I don't It's very I'll cheap play. though and it goes on sale all the time. If you can, if you can snag it's it for three bucks, it's worth it. probably on sale now. Probably part of the holiday sale. Divinity, I guarantee he probably is. Original Sin um, in that game. I mean, not Divinity Original Sin, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh. Two somewhat similar names in my mind for some reason tonight. But that game was some hot poo-poo garbage. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, so is that all we have? I think that We're that's, all good? that's all questions. If we missed one due to the system crash, I really apologize. Let us know. Uh, we'll put it in the first bi-weekly episode. We'll make it number one or number two or number three. Depends on if we missed three and you came to us third. Then it's number three. <laughs> I really don't think we missed anything. I hope that we won't get that. But, uh, yeah, I think we were able to get everything in and get everything answered. So, bit ado to these last uh, monthly reader mails, and we will see you on the bi-weekly one from henceforth being titled Reader Mail. Number one. Episode one. Um, so... Actually, is this one going to be episode one? No, this is still December. Okay, that's what I thought. This so is to be still sure. December. All right, so we will see you next time. This has been Triangle Squared. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
Thanks to our patrons, Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12, My Name is Dan, Douglas Blow, Sean Santarude, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Blow, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. If you would like to support us, you can click the link below. We appreciate it. Thank you.